Thank you for listening to our podcast. Let me throw some names out for you. Do you recognize any of them? Perry Mason, Chicago PD, To Kill a Mockingbird, Minority Report, Murder, She Wrote. No matter if you like books, movies, TV, or all of the above, you probably recognize a few of these names. Some started as books and were later made into movies or TV shows. Some are current shows, while others date back to the beginning of film and television. The names of the detectives and lawyers have become a part of our culture and language. Names like Perry Mason, Olivia Benson, Atticus Finch. But whether in film or book form, the crime drama or courtroom drama remains one of the most popular forms of entertainment. It is not hard to see some of the reasons they are so popular. In these stories, there are heroes and villains, suspense, action, surprises, and often a very satisfying resolution to the tension. The character lists include investigators, the victims, the lawyers and judges, the innocent and the guilty. Part of the appeal is that we are engaged at the intellectual level. We read or watch with a critical eye looking for clues. We want to discover the truth, solve the mystery, and bring the guilty to justice. These stories can be divided into two broad categories fiction, and true crime. With the first, the works of fiction, we can suspend belief and let the author or movie take us to the improbable, if not the impossible. But with the second, we are asked to hold on to reality and examine events, even if extraordinary, that are rooted in truth. If at some moment in the storytelling process that sense of reality is broken, it unravels the story and the value to the reader or viewer is lost. One of the things we have been exploring in our podcast is the idea that the Bible story is not a work of fiction, but can be approached as truth. Mentioned before is the unique makeup of the Bible, written by many authors but telling the same story, written over many years and across many cultures, but each book and author agreeing with and supporting the others. Also mentioned is that the Bible tells the story of real people. We mentioned King Hezekiah as an example. But what if we had an outsider, an investigator, if you will, who published his investigation of the Bible story? What if that investigator looked into the facts, interviewed the eyewitnesses, walked the scene, and gave us a report on what he had learned? And what if that report was so detailed that we could fact-check many of the elements in it. That would move this story from consideration as a work of fiction to a true crime story. So let me introduce you to Luke. It is not an exaggeration in any way to call Luke's writing an investigation. He addresses his writing to a man named Theophilus and states that the purpose of his writing is so that Theophilus will know the, quote, exact truth. Another modern translation uses the phrase, know with certainty. But can I trust Luke's account of the events? In our earlier podcast, when we talked about the authors of the Bible, we mentioned that they were from different times, occupations, education, and experiences. They included kings, farmers, priests, warriors, fishermen, prisoners of war. 
But Luke's background was unique in a number of ways. He was identified as being from a different culture and ethnic background from all of the other writers. He was not a Hebrew. He was not raised with the Jewish teachings and practices. He was not even from a Jewish city. So when he examines the people and events, he does so as a cultural and religious outsider. He has no built-in bias. There is another interesting element to his background. Since he was an outsider, what is sometimes called a Gentile, and is writing to a non-Hebrew, Theophilus is a Greek name. He is seeing these things like I would, from a non-Jewish point of view. This makes Luke's writing ideal for someone that is just beginning to learn about Jesus. He does not make major use of old Hebrew scripture, but spends most of his time talking about what the eyewitnesses saw and heard. We know something else about Luke. He was a doctor, so he was an educated man. But there is more to it than that. This was a time when there were very limited tools for diagnosing illness or injury. There were no x-ray machines or complicated blood workups. A doctor's primary tool was observation and talking to their patients. They looked and listened closely to the patient to make a determination of the problem and how to treat it. Was the pain in your left or right arm? What did you eat? How long have you had the symptoms? This training made Luke a very good listener. When he was investigating the story of Jesus, he recorded many details of the witness accounts because those details were important. Where did this happen? Who was there? What was said? He recorded those details as well to provide as full an account to Theophilus as possible. He tells us about the man with the withered hand and specifies it was his right hand. He records the moving final words of the first Christian killed as a martyr, a man named Stephen. And Luke did not just ask anyone. He says he talked to the eyewitnesses of the events, the very people standing there when something happened or when something was said. In the case of the murder of Stephen, there was a young man there that was close enough that he was keeping track of the outer garments of the killers. That man's name was Saul. These are primary sources, not, I heard from someone else that something happened over in the next town, but I was standing within arm's reach when it happened. This is testimony that would hold up in court. But when we say that, we are missing something important. The accounts are often very personal. One account recorded by Luke was from the night Jesus was taken captive. Peter was a close companion of Jesus and had sworn that he would never be disloyal to him. But that night, Peter followed the group that had taken Jesus into custody. After delivering Jesus to the religious and government leaders, the soldiers sat by a fire to keep warm, and Peter sat down with them to see what was going to happen. But soon, a slave girl recognized him as a follower of Jesus, but Peter denied even knowing him. He was confronted a second and third time about his association with Jesus, and again, Peter passionately denied it. At that moment, 
Peter made eye contact with Jesus. And Peter remembered not only his pledge to be faithful even to death, but remembered Jesus telling him he would betray Jesus three times before the sunrise. He left the place and cried bitter tears. This account has so many personal elements. Peter was cold and went to the fire to keep warm. It recalls details of who confronted him and what was said. It paints the picture of a man caught at the moment of his greatest failing and his heartbroken reaction. How did Luke get such detail? The answer is, he heard the story from Peter himself. This is Peter's account of that terrible night and his shameful role in it. He holds nothing back from Luke of his own failure, does not make any excuse or try to soften the blow. Peter shares the story with Luke so he could share it with Theophilus and with us. There are many moments in Luke's account like this. From Mary being told she will have a child and name him Jesus, to Philip sharing the story of Jesus with an Ethiopian official. Each has very personal elements that are passed on by Luke. So Luke's stated goal was to record for Theophilus the exact truth about these events. He uses his background as a trained observer and listener when he speaks to the actual people that were witnesses. He was conducting an investigation and making a detailed report so that Theophilus would have confidence in the story. Luke contributed two books to the Bible. The first is the account of the life of Jesus called the Gospel of Luke. The second is a history of the early believers and the spread of the story of Jesus through the Roman world. That book is called the Acts of the Apostles, or more commonly simply referred to as Acts. A major section of the book records the travels, teaching, and events connected to the man named Paul. But if you read carefully, an interesting thing happens in the telling of these events. As Paul is traveling in or near the city of Troas, Luke begins to travel with Paul. Most of the rest of the account recorded in Acts is recorded in the first person by Luke. He not only tells of Paul's travels, but of his own. What does this mean? First, Luke puts his own credibility to the test. With each city and event, he opens himself up for examination and criticism. Paul's group, that included Luke himself, sailed from Troas to Samothrace, and then the next day to Neapolis. A simple glance at a map of the ancient world will show those cities existed and are near Troas by ship. Each part of the journey has become one of the most important travel logs from the ancient world, including detailed elements of ancient sea travel. Second, Luke puts his own life on the line. He dedicates himself to the work of telling the story of Jesus. His friend Paul wrote many of the books in the New Testament. His last book is his second and last letter to Timothy. At the end of the book, he tells Timothy that he will soon be killed for his faith and efforts to spread the story of Jesus. He asks Timothy to bring a cloak that he had left behind and some books. But he also asks his friend to come to him soon, saying, Only Luke is with me. 
Someone may say that they do not believe Luke's account, but what they cannot say is that Luke did not have confidence that the story Paul gave his life for was not the truth. Luke devoted his life to it. So we have asked the question, can I trust Luke's account? Here is the answer as I see it. He makes a clear statement that this is an investigation to uncover and tell the exact truth. He goes to the eyewitnesses and gets the information as directly as possible. He tells the story in great detail, allowing us to see the events through the eyes of those that were there. The detail allows us to examine the record for elements that can be confirmed on a map or by other sources, and even in the currents and weather of the Mediterranean Sea. And then to make the importance of the story clear, Luke devotes his life to helping Paul tell the story to the world, even to the very end. The answer for me is yes. I can trust Luke's account of the life, teaching, and impact of Jesus on his disciples, enemies, and the whole world. This physician, an outsider from the Hebrew culture, wants Theophilus to be sure what he has believed is the truth and provides the same information and reassurance for us. The police and the courtroom drama revolve around revealing the truth. How do you judge Luke? Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want additional information, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or on our website at truthseekers.org. That's truthseekers.org.